The following program is for informational and educational purposes only. This program does not replace medical, mental health, or psychological diagnosis and treatment prescribed by your personal physician, psychologist, therapist, or other health care provider. Please consult your provider for diagnosis and care before beginning or changing any program or idea discussed. Welcome to Recovery, the Hero's Journey. Your host is Dr. Patricia Halligan. If addiction or prescription drug dependence affects you, directly or indirectly, whether it's you, a family member, or a close friend, stay tuned over the next hour as we explore substance use disorders, process addictions, and prescription drug dependence. We'll be discussing the painful reality behind these disorders and what can be done to help. Now, here is Dr. Patricia Halligan. Welcome to Recovery, the Hero's Journey. I'm your host, Dr. Patricia Halligan. Several of our episodes have focused on the epidemic of overprescribing of benzodiazepines. That's Valium, Xanax, Clonopin, Ativan, and Z drugs, Ambien, Lunesta, and Sonata. The percent of long-term benzodiazepine prescriptions have increased over the past 10 years. The dosages are increasing. So one-third of all opioid overdose deaths in America involve benzodiazepines. Xanax is implicated in one-third of suicides. People can be severely injured by therapeutic doses of benzodiazepines, that is, taking their medication at therapeutic doses as prescribed, and suffer a myriad of painful, disabling side effects while trying to stop, and can be left with longstanding or permanent neurological damage. This is an epidemic causing human suffering of epic proportions and derailment of human lives ongoing for decades, yet little or nothing has been done to stop this plague by those with the responsibility and the power to do so. My guest today is a man who is trying to change that. Shane Kenny is a broadcaster and a journalist who worked for 30 years as a frontline presenter and editor for RTE, the Irish National Broadcaster. In 1989, he won the Irish National Media Award for Supreme Contribution to Irish Journalism. During the years 1994 to 1997, he served as press secretary for the Irish government before returning to RTE. In 2003, he established his own independent media business in production and training. From 2005 to 2011, he was also director of public affairs and member of the executive board of Dublin City University. The last three years, unable to work because of serious illness caused by being treated with Valium for Meniere's disease. Shane started working on his unique documentary, The Benzodiazepine Medical Disaster, in 2014 while still very ill and continues to suffer from the disease caused by the drug to this day. He joins us today from Akil Island, which is off the west coast of Ireland. Shane, thank you so much for joining us today. I'd like to honor and thank you for all the work that you've done and continue to do on behalf of people around the world harmed by the overprescribing of benzodiazepines. Welcome. Well, thank you for having me on your show. I've, I've uh, only been to Ireland once. Uh, now it's three summers ago. My daughter uh, came to me and said, uh, Mom, I'm going to have a small wedding in a castle in Ireland. <laughs> so <laughs> I thought I was lucky with a small wedding, but it ended up um, in a castle called Castle Knock outside of uh, Dublin. And uh, it, what a beautiful country you have. Well, thank you very much indeed. And this is a lovely part of it um, anyway. Um, you have watched the documentary that I made, um, Benzodiazepines, the, the Medical Disaster. I have, uh, and I recently rewatched it, uh, and I just absolutely love the passion behind your film, and I also love your style. You're refreshingly honest and straightforward in your delivery. You say things that need to be said. Uh, why do you think that government bodies, health services, medical authority, uh, doctors, uh, and academia have not reacted appropriately to this benzodiazepine medical disaster? Well, I find that profoundly disturbing and shocking. Um, it's an epidemic in the United States. It's a pandemic all over the world. 
the uh, benzodiazepine medical disaster. There are dozens of activist campaigning groups all over the world about this. And uh, in the United States, uh, some very, very good ones uh, in your country. Um, I want to put it in relief uh, with the current COVID-19 pandemic uh, and the vaccine experts say there is a one in a million chance of having a blood clot with the J&J &J vaccine, uh, Johnson & Johnson, uh, and a one in 100,000 chance of a clot with the AstraZeneca vaccine. Uh, the evidence we've got from the clinical work of professors Heather Ashton and Mike Malcolm Lader uh, on benzodiazepines is, is that there's a one in three chance of patients mm. sustaining serious health impairment with benzodiazepines if they take it for more than a few weeks, four at the absolute most. Uh, when it happened first to me, I couldn't believe the level of medical ignorance there was about uh, something so serious that it was a threat to my life. Uh, my general doctor, first of all, and then my consultant said they knew nothing of such inj injuries from benzodiazepines. Uh, the consultant who prescribed Valium for Meniere's disease tried to deflect it by suggesting that it was something else. Uh, and that's a very common and ignorant reaction by doctors, uh, I'm afraid. I, I've come across it, across it hundreds of times uh, over the past 13 years that I've been both affected by and researching uh, benzodiazepines. Um, after I spent two months in the, in the famous National Urology Hospital in central London, uh, I got a written report saying that I was suffering from benzodiazepine withdrawal syndrome. And uh, that's the only time that the, uh, the, the doctors um, uh, faced up to the truth. Um, I, I uh, interviewed these uh, two doctors, um, two professors, uh, Heather Ashton and Malcolm Lader, uh, in 2014. And um, one of the reasons why I wanted to do it before uh, my health had recovered at all, uh, uh, and it was quite difficult to do that, uh, was because uh, they weren't being replaced. These were two um, psychopharmacologists who had devoted a, a very great deal of their lives, Heather Ashton practically her whole uh, career, um, uh, to investigating benzodiazepines and trying to help people who were suffering uh, uh, from them. Uh, and uh, I found it extraordinary that they weren't being replaced and that uh, health authorities were doing nothing to abate this uh, pandemic. And it's still the same today. Uh, as an addiction psychiatrist, my office is inundated with desperate people banging down my door uh, saying, please, please help me uh, get off Xanax, help me get off Klonopin, help me taper off Ativan. Uh, these drugs, uh, you know, they're worsening my depression or I'm developing panic attacks in between my doses. I'm taking it as prescribed. And, uh, you know, I don't think clearly anymore. I'm fuzzy headed. My memory is disturbed. I'm running a company. Uh, I had have a uh, gentleman who just had to recently uh, retire prematurely uh, before the age of 65 because he had been on Klonopin for two years and it just destroyed his memory and his, his executive functioning ability. Uh, and the, what the patients tell me, I liked what you brought up, Shane. I like this medical ignorance uh, as a big part of the problem. Uh, Anna Lemke, uh, MD, uh, who's the uh, medical director of Stanford Addiction Medicine, uh, we were talking and we both agreed neither one of us was taught anything about the harms of benzodiazepines uh, at all during our med schools uh, or during psychiatry residency. So no education about the harms of benzodiazepines. We were taught how to prescribe, but not how to de-prescribe. And um, I think your, your point about uh, uh, doctors not understanding the problem, uh, I see it every day. And and it's not a rare problem. So I love that you compared it to the uh, uh, the pandemic. Uh, it, it, it's, it's a big problem. It's not rare. Uh, and the suffering's been ongoing for decades. Exactly. And uh, I think it's because these drugs were invented, uh, first of all, towards the end of the 1950s. Uh, and uh, 
and then changed into um, the 1960s. I mean, the kind of tests which had to be done on medications, which were visited on people then, were incredibly slight. Um, Professor Malcolm Lader makes uh, quite something of that in in the documentary. it, but despite that, despite that, there was, um, uh, I think, as you'll have seen, there was a, uh, a survey done by um, Leo Hollister, Dr. Leo Hollister, in 1960 yep. um, and 1961. Uh, the first benzodiazepine was launched on the world, Librium, by Roche uh, in, uh, in 1959, 1960. And he, you know, felt that, uh, it needed to be tested uh, and, and, and um, uh, that, you know, it, that it couldn't be entirely safe as people were representing it. Uh, and, um, he, of course, he, he fed it to, um, uh, I think there were patients in a military hospital in California, um, uh, almost a prison, you know, but I mean, there were patients who... He, he had access to, and uh, as later said, uh, it was, we would consider it a kind of an unethical thing to do uh, today. But uh, he 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 gave triple a normal dose of Librium um, to uh, the patients in, in the in the hospital to a selected group of them, uh, gave them for three months, and then uh, abruptly stopped of course, to see what the effects of that would be. And of course, it was pretty traumatic for, for the people who had been taking the drugs. Uh, mm-hmm. A number of them had seizures and they had all kinds of symptoms uh, presenting at that stage. And he wrote up uh, a very, I suppose, light-touch report on, uh, on what he found. And, but the, 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 the medical uh, establishment and the... And the drug companies didn't react to it at all. You would have imagined that in this situation where people had seizures um, after the drug was stopped, that that would give them some uh, pause, but absolutely none. It it, uh, is shocking. It boggles the mind. Uh, I was recently watching Medicating Normal, the documentary from 2020, and Robert Whitaker, who I know you're familiar with, he was talking about a Xanax study that was done in the 80s where they uh, basically uh, showed that Xanax decreased people's anxiety and panic at the four-week mark, but they suppressed the uh, remainder of the research conclusions at the 14-week mark after people had been taking Xanax for 14 weeks, the anxiety had ridden, risen considerably. And that was suppressed. It was not made public knowledge. Uh, I, I'm not sure why the drug companies were so invested in uh, suppressing uh, the information about the harmfulness of benzodiazepines. It is shocking. I agree with you there. Yes, uh, um, I think Robert's work has been um, uh, amazing, actually, uh, in, in this field of uh, psychoactive medicines. Um, uh, he, uh, he also runs Mad in America, the website, of course, uh, um, which publishes a lot of material on this. In fact, uh, published an article of mine um, uh, last November, December, about uh, the the FDA's um, uh, new stand on benzodiazepines, which I want to uh, talk about uh, mm-hmm. at some length. Um, but I, you know, he he really is to be complimented for um, for what he has done. Um, there's no doubt about that. I wonder, you 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 have have you seen the article I did uh, for Mad in America? and other websites uh, uh, about the FDA's new stand on, on benzodiazepines because, um, I mean, it, 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 it's extraordinary to me that um, uh, an organization like the, the FDA, um, which has a, a responsibility for looking after uh, people's health and safety uh, in relation to drugs, that they uh, could... Uh, do an investigation of, um, uh, of of people who've made complaints to their site. Um, uh, there are over, well, about 
300,000 uh, complaints that they've had since they first started uh, um, uh, getting these kind of complaints about benzodiazepines. 300,000. It's an enormous number. Uh, and people and, taking and the time to sit that's down only, and write. And yeah. that's only the reported number. How many yeah, went that, unreported? Yeah. Yes, I, I, I'm, I'm sure uh, yeah. there's a lot more. Mm -hmm. uh, there's certainly a lot more people who have been, uh, been affected by, by benzodiazepines. But I mean, the, the, the critical thing was that they, they didn't investigate the 300,000 complaints. Um, they did a subset of 104 cases, uh, which they said, um, you know, covered some of the main aspects. But uh, that uh, leaves something begging, I'm afraid. Um, uh, but what they did find, even in this 104 cases, was some very dramatic things about uh, benzodiazepines. Um, uh, in particular, what I consider to be uh, the really, really serious issue, which um, uh, the FDA and other health organizations have never confronted, and that is that the uh, side effects can continue for years and years, and probably Mm -hmm. uh, permanently, but certainly possibly uh, permanently. We just have no studies done on the kind of damage and harm that has been done to people um, over very many decades. And of course, uh, people don't understand, doctors don't understand. Sometimes they've shut their ears uh, to people coming into their uh, surgeries, complaining about the drugs that they've been prescribed, causing them these problems. They refuse to believe it. And yes. in some cases, of course, as you know, um, they throw the patients out literally. They 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 won't uh, they won't treat them. Yes. But I mean, the the, the I, I want to read the words mm -hmm. uh, which they the FDA itself used Please. Um, in describing what they found um, that people had suffered uh, severe withdrawal side effects that had lasted from weeks to years, weeks mm. to years. Um, that's long-term harm. It's, it's devastating. And what does this cause? Uh, how does this uh, derail the patient's lives? Well, uh, I mean, you know, there's an awful lot of people who are like me. I mean, it put an end to my entire career. Um, uh, you know, I was still continuing to broadcast regularly. Mm -hmm. um, I was the director of public affairs in Dublin City Univers University, mm -hmm. uh, one of the leading technology, uh, technology universities in Ireland. Uh, and uh, I also had my own media business um, in production and training. And everything went uh, in, within six months of me being affected, most people would find it hard to conceive of how awful it is uh, uh, to be uh, affected by these drugs, which have damaged the central nervous system. And your, your entire central nervous system is malfunctioning. And you're living in that body. Um, as Dr. John O'Connor, an Irish doctor and expert uh, on benzodiazepines, uh, told me, um, it, it, his phrase for it was that your body becomes your own torture chamber. And all of your sensations, you know, sound, um, uh, touch, um, uh, the sensation on your skin, um, inside your body with your veins, um, mm. uh, it's like having a continuous electric shock, or certainly it was for me. Oh, that and, is that uh, is torture. It, that it, is torture. It, it, absolute torture. Uh, and uh, there's no way of stopping it. You know, uh, I mean, people who give electric torture to prisoners, mm -hmm. they have to go away and eat sometimes, you know, uh, yes. and uh, they stop. But there is no stop. And uh, that's one of the reasons why people take their own lives. Um, they, it's, it's unbearable, isn't it? It's, it's completely unbearable. Yes, for uh, years. It, it very nearly uh, was like that for me. Uh, and uh, thankfully, uh, a friend of mine called me. I was here on this island at the time. Um, uh, a friend called, and he, he was so shocked uh, after our conversation um, that he, he, luckily for me, uh, his brother was um, my neurologist and he got off the phone to me and got on to the neurologist um, uh, who then got on to me. At this stage, um, I, uh, I had been off 
I had I'd gone through my first withdrawal mm-hmm. uh, and I had stopped the drug for five months. Um, I had tapered. I'd followed all the protocols. Mm-hmm. Um, I had tapered very slowly from a, a very small dose uh, of Valium, uh, six milligrams a day, down to uh, three quarters of a milligram over six months. And at oh, that wow. stage, I stopped. It certainly was extremely damaging to me in the yes. sense that I lost the ability to walk uh, properly uh, during that time because the pain in my legs was just so bad. Um, so um, I, uh, I got to the end of the six months. I was at three quarters of a milligram. Uh, I was given an assurance it can hardly be doing very much to your body at that stage. Um, uh, and I stopped. And within seven days, I had a seizure. Oh, how you know, terrifying. It, 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 well, uh, it was utterly terrifying. Um, uh, I had a seizure at about two. It woke me up, first of all. And um, I was literally frozen from my head to my feet. And uh, I couldn't move in bed. Uh, and, uh, of course, Normally, if such a thing happened to you, you feel you could ring the emergency number, you know, for uh, emergency help. Mm-hmm. Um, but I couldn't do that. E- even, you know, I had a mobile phone be- beside the bed. Um, mm-hmm. I would have been able to to dial 999 is our emergency oh. number. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but I couldn't do that because uh, I knew at this stage that, uh, the the likelihood of someone seizing a uh, having a seizure, they were likely to give me a benzodiazepine. I'd be dealing with people who um, uh, would a have very little interest uh, because mm-hmm. they're so busy. They'd be trying to get through the workload, and um, they wouldn't know any better. No, so, they wouldn't. Oh, oh. So wow. I had to I had to sit in my bed for six hours until um, things started to unwind uh, a little bit. It's Uh, terrifying when the whole medical uh, community doesn't know how to treat this and you become your own best expert, right? Yes, yes, yes. Well, well, undoubtedly, um, that's the case. Uh, In fact, uh, Heather Ashton, when she was uh, uh, dealing with her clinic, um, uh, setting up her clinic, she she ran a clinic. Of course, we haven't mentioned that for for 12 years in Newcastle-upon-Tyne in the north of England, uh, specifically treating people with uh, benzodiazepine problems and uh, trying to help people to get off them because people... People desperately wanted to stop taking these drugs. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it has often been said, you know, that uh, they create um, uh, a craving. Of course, they don't create any kind of a craving, which is like yeah. what people get for alcohol or heroin or cocaine. Um, the craving is for uh, something that will avoid them having to go through these terrible withdrawal uh, symptoms. They, they uh, really just want to av- alleviate the withdrawal. And they, yes, they exactly. desperately, they want to get it's, off these benzodiazepines. That, that's these it, are not that's people it. that are addicted. And, uh, you know, it's not just what I've been describing already, you know, but uh, there are a whole range of, 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 of symptoms, you know, tinnitus, you can get numbness, you can get uh, burning pains in your limbs, you can get inner trembling, vibration, um, very strange skin sensations, mm-hmm. muscle pain, um, weakness everywhere, painful cramps, uh, jerks, spasms, stabbing pains, these electrical currents, as I talked about. And, uh, you know, uh, uh, Heather Ashton found when she opened her clinic first, all of her patients, all of them had difficulty walking. And these are um, patients with oftentimes no prior psychiatric history to speak of. They're just the worried well, and their that, doctors. That's, that's correct. Them, uh, you know, some something for a normal day, uh, everyday anxiety, a little bit of work stress, uh, maybe uh, tension in their relationships, a little bit of anxiety. This is normal life. But were you were you told? Uh, about the possible side effects of long-term neurological damage or a severe protracted withdrawal syndrome when you were prescribed uh, Valium for uh, many years. No, not not only was I not given any kind of warning, 
um, uh, I, I said to my consultant when he, he, he said benzodiazepines, uh, Valium, he said Valium, um, I only had a vague idea of, uh, of this, but I said, isn't there a problem with Valium? And he came back at me and said, you know, it's the most malign drug uh, and uh, it is very good for this Meniere's condition. And in fact, he said it could act as uh, a preventative if I mm. took it um, uh, oh, for a sign, period of sign time. Me up. I, I would yep. have taken it. Sign me up, right? I mean, you, you rely <laughs> on your physician for accurate knowledge. Well, now, that's it. There's definitely a range of reactions to, mm -hmm. to benzodiazepines. There's no mm -hmm. question of that. Uh, and, you know, one of the things that has helped doctors to avoid um, uh, doing anything about it or um, even... Um, accepting that they can cause terrible harm and damage is the, the fact that, uh, you know, two out of three people might not have any difficulty with this um, at all. In terms of getting off them, they might have some side effects when they stop, but they don't have um, the really serious conditions. Um, but I mean, one in three uh, uh, being liable to the possibility of this is a very dangerous proportion. We're going to take a short break. We've been talking to the creator of the documentary, Benzodiazepines, The Medical Disaster, Mr. Shane Kenny. When we return, Shane Kenny will share his thoughts on the revised FDA black box warning for benzodiazepines. We'll see you back in a minute. Treatment of opioid use disorder is a CME approved video for healthcare professionals. This comprehensive video covers how to talk to patients about three FDA-approved treatment options, the research behind each medication, and how to help patients choose the right medication for them. You'll learn everything you ever wanted to know about these treatment options to be able to treat patients in your office with ease. This video simplifies the prescribing of buprenorphine and includes buprenorphine home induction instructions for patients and pamphlets for patients and their families. Visit drpatriciahalligan.com for more information. Benzodiazepines, the epidemic we aren't talking about, is a CME-approved video for healthcare professionals. This very comprehensive video describes the dangers of taking benzodiazepines and Z-drugs long-term and teaches how to de-prescribe them safely and effectively. We outline how to talk to your patients before, during, and after a long, slow Valium taper, how to build your patient a village of support, and offer a de-prescribing toolkit. Find out more about this package and what it includes. Visit drpatriciahalligan.com. You are listening to Recovery, The Hero's Journey. If you, or someone you love, struggles with a substance use disorder or prescription drug dependence, and would like information about resources that can help, please contact one of the following organizations. The American Academy of Addiction Psychiatry, the American Society of Addiction Medicine, or the Benzodiazepine Information Coalition. Now, back to Recovery, The Hero's Journey. And we're back to Recovery, The Hero's Journey. I'm your host, Dr. Patricia Halligan. We're here with Shane Kenny discussing benzodiazepines, the medical disaster. Uh, Shane, I wonder if you'd like to comment on the FDA's uh, recommendations for a new black box warning that came out last fall in 2020. Yes, I, I, I would certainly like to do that because um, I developed an interest in what the FDA was up to when um, I was alerted that they were, they were proposing a black box uh, warning um, on benzodiazepines. I mean, they already had one, of course, uh, about the use of benzodiazepines with opioids, um, but this was going to be about uh, benzodiazepines on its own. Mm -hmm. But then when I, I, I looked into the matter, there, were, there was a positive and a negative. The positive I've already spoken about, uh, which was that they carried out this um, research uh, into uh, the complaints that had been given to them uh, under the FAERS. Isn't that what it's called? The, the, F-A-E-R-S, the, yes. Yeah, yeah, the Adverse en Event Reporting System that they have, the FDA Adverse mm -hmm. uh, Event Reporting System. Mm -hmm. And 
they they found really three central uh, issues in relation to benzodiazepines. Uh, even from just looking at 104 of these cases, one that the there was a long-term uh, injury um, uh, being reported um, uh, that people uh, suffered from, and not only from uh, for weeks and months, but years as well. Mm-hmm. Um, they also uh, referred to the fact that um, uh, people were uh, uh, getting what they called uh, a physical dependency um, on on benzodiazepines uh, and having uh, severe side effects uh, uh, as a result of that when they withdrew from uh, benzodiazepines. Uh, and then, of course, they uh, also uh, discovered, it seemed uh, for the first time, um, that uh, people uh, could have seizures from benzodiazepines, particularly if they uh, stopped abruptly mm-hmm. uh, and they, they wanted to warn against that. So, um, you know, they were good things. They they looked into the complaints. Um, they'd said, oh, there's evidence of uh, long-term harm here um, that people can suffer very bad uh, withdrawal effects and become uh, uh, dependent uh, on on these drugs. Uh, I want to go into the dependency aspect of this in in a moment. Mm -hmm. Uh, And of course, that there could be seizures. But they they labeled the whole thing about um, uh, what they were were seeking as they wanted uh, a warning, a black box warning about abuse and misuse. Ah, they missed uh, the point. They missed so, the point. Uh, yeah, well, it's almost as if they deliberately missed the point. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm, uh, I'm reluctant to say that, um, but I mean, it, it, it appears so often in, in their literature about benzodiazepines that, you know, they have this focus on, um, on uh, you know, abuse and misuse. I mean, you know, abuse is a totally separate thing. And that people is not going to their doctors and and having a therapeutic prescription for, uh, for benzodiazepines uh, as a result of visiting their doctor about some complaint or other. But I mean, mm-hmm. what, what the FDA is doing is opening the door all the time to consider anybody who has a problem with benzodiazepines has yes. abused the drug. And they treat the patients who come to them and say, I think I'm developing more anxiety on therapeutic doses. And the doctor sometimes interprets that wrongly to the patient's drug seeking. The patient wants more drugs. Uh, it, it, they're blamed. The patients are blamed when they develop a problem that won't go away. I think the, patient, the doctors feel inadequate if they can't fix the problem, if they don't understand the problem, and then they want to get rid of the patient or label the patient as uh, either drug seeking or crazy. Uh, it's, it's really sad. There's a lot of uh, patient shaming. I think you wrote that in your article in Robert Whitaker's Mad in America. Yes, yes. Well, um, uh, now, uh, patient shaming is a terrible thing. Uh, mm-hmm. And for uh, a health um, agency like the FDA and to expose itself to that kind of criticism, I think, is stupid on their part. Uh, or it may be that there's another and a more malign reason for it, you know? Sure, let uh, me have it. Yeah, well... Uh, first of all, in relation to the black box warning, they were asked in 2010 by um, a citizen's um, uh, petition, um, uh, which which is open to people to do, to the FDA, um, a, a petition uh, signed by 7,000 people, I understand, and Heather Ashton's name, uh, Professor Heather Ashton, probably the greatest expert on benzodiazepines in the world, was right at the top of that. Uh, she wanted uh, a black... Uh, the, 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 the petition wanted a black box warning, warnings about all the things that uh, we've been talking about here, long-term harm, uh, long-term injury, um, you know, the fact that people can get very, very serious uh, um, side effects, mm-hmm. uh, some of which I've, I've lift, listed there. There are dozens more. 
Yes. Uh, and, and people who are suffering really badly from benzodiazepines, the one in three, uh, you know, will suffer maybe 12, 15 of these different uh, symptoms. You know, it's not just one. There will be a whole plethora of, of, uh, of symptoms that they, they suffer. And of course, there are people who have had seizures uh, which could kill them. Thankfully, my seizures, um, and, and I've had uh, uh, four in total um, mm -hmm. uh, because of benzodiazepines, they haven't killed me. And I didn't kill myself because I got very good advice to go back on the drug rather mm -hmm. than, um, you know, continue to try and fight it in my first attempt uh, to stop uh, benzodiazepines. So, mm. I mean, it, it, there are people who have stood by all the time. They refused everything in that petition, that mm. citizen's petition in 2015. But not only that, for decades, they have been uh, refusing to even act on uh, these hundreds of thousands of complaints that were being made uh, to the FDA uh, about benzodiazepines. Uh, and of course, they have refused to uh, limit the use of them to two to four weeks. Now, even the drug companies in Ireland and Britain, as far as I know, and I think throughout Europe, uh, are, are now all use, putting that in their information that... Uh, um, a strict limit to two to four weeks. Uh, and, uh, you know, if you're, you're, you're on long-term pres prescription of benzodiazepines, anything over four weeks is long-term with benzodiazepines and you're in danger. Totally. Now, on the black box warning, did the FDA uh, recommend how to taper? Did they give any guidance on what a long, slow taper means? Because I, I don't think I saw that. No, no, no. They, 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 they hedge on that. Um, they do. Uh, yeah, they, they, they leave it. They, they want, yeah, they, they want doctors to, to to make up their own minds about what the patient can endure. Well, that's um, scary. Now, uh, you know, uh, it is scary, um, and I think the advice should be there that uh, um, it should they sh they should be willing to take a very long time. Mm -hmm. uh, and they should also, um, uh, this is the patients and the doctors, uh, and I'm talking about years, not, uh, not uh, you know, six months, which I tried uh, first of all. Um, uh, on the second occasion, um, uh, it went from, uh, I suppose, uh, it went for double that anyway, uh, a year. Uh, and then I did have assistance from other drugs. And at that stage, mm -hmm. I had been two months in the National Neurology Hospital in London, one of the famous neurology hospitals in the world. Uh, and they'd, uh, they'd looked at all the neurological um, symptoms that I had. Uh, and uh, um, that they prescribed uh, medications. I mean, the two that they used with me were Lyrica and, um, uh, and Amitriptyline. And were they, were they helpful? Uh, no, not okay. really. The, mm -hmm. the amitriptyline was just a waste of time. Yep. Um, but the uh, Lyrica, yes, um, in the sense that it did take an edge off um, the, leg, the, the symptoms, pain. but only a vague edge. I mean, it, it made it um, bearable or uh, I think it, 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 it provided a crutch to lean on. And um, if, if you were a, a going, psychological crutch, and if you were going to make changes to the FDA warning, if you were writing it, what would you put in in big capital letters, and what would you advise doctors to tell their patients? It, you know, somebody's coming to you saying, "Doc, I can't sleep. Doc, I have panic attacks. Doc, I have anxiety." What would you like? Very, uh, what 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 kind of clear message would you like to deliver? Well, uh, the clearest message I can give is that um, the black box warning should have nothing about abuse and misuse on it. It should be aimed at protecting the, uh, the people who are going to get therapeutic prescriptions uh, of the drugs. Mm -hmm. um, the black box, box warning should say something like, do not take for more than two to four weeks. Perfect. Risk of serious long-term disabling injury. 
Perfect. And on the other side, it should say, do not stop abruptly, risk of seizure and death. And who in their right mind would take it if the doctors told them, this is what I have to tell you, this is an informed consent? Exactly. Who would would take that that medication? Nobody. No, I I certainly wouldn't. I think there's uh, very little doubt that um, a lot of people would uh, find another way to get out of their anxiety or deal with their insomnia. Um, uh, Some people who would take them would definitely not go beyond the two to four weeks, you know, um, uh, if it was, you know, put up in highlights that if you go over four weeks, you could get a serious long-term disabling injury Um, and further details of that. They include a section which is called protracted withdrawal syndrome, way down, of course, in the Mm -hmm. literature about the drug. And in some, they, they, in um, uh, in the Atavan case, it says in some cases, um, benzodiazepine users have developed uh, protracted withdrawal symptoms, uh, with symptoms lasting weeks to more than twelve months. Well, um, we, yeah, weeks to years, and maybe never, uh, and maybe permanent. And 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 uh, there's no research to show uh, whether or not these symptoms uh, will end. Uh, the other thing, of course, the FDA should be um, uh, absolutely pressing the drug companies to do is to carry out that research. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. they were lamenting in their the uh. coverage of benzodiazepines. They were lamenting the fact that there's no epidemiological study uh, of benzodiazepines. They should demand it that the uh, drug companies uh, do that. And in fact, you'll recall, Patricia, in in, uh, my documentary, The Benzodiazepine Medical Disaster, um, uh, Malcolm Lader uh, put it up to Roche that they should, out of past profits, and of course, Valium was the biggest selling drug in the world. Oh, billion dollar industry. They made a fortune out of it. He said, out of past profits, they should now um, uh, consider their position and um, uh, uh, fund some research into into the effects, the long-term effects uh, of benzodiazepines, which of course too, you'll have seen, uh, I got the British Medical Association to sign up to the to a statement saying that uh, they not enough is known about the long term effects of these drugs, uh, and and the the problem with psychoactive drugs is that you know they really don't know very much about what the drug is doing on to, on uh, to the whole brain. They know mm-hmm. maybe what it's doing with re- receptors or um, uh, some s- pinpointed areas, the way benzodiazepines bind to the, be- uh, the, the benzodiazepine receptor. We have yes. the benzodiazepine receptor in our brains mm-hmm. uh, and, uh, and what that does in relation to the, the production of these, um, uh, um, these receptors. Uh, and, you know, they all down-regulate when benzodiazepines come in. Uh, Heather Ashton uh, speculated that it's uh, as a, resi- a result of that, that, uh, you know, the central nervous system functioning is, is damaged by, by uh, benzodiazepines because and- they don't, when the drug is taken away, the, the brain doesn't recover its production of the right kind of uh, um, processes Within, right. the, within the brain, which have been managed effectively by the benzodiazepines when they're, when they're there. And when they're taken away, uh, the, the, the brain's normal functioning does not return. And this is uh, 1980s and 1990s that uh, Heather Ashton gave it to them on a silver platter, according to your documentary. I heard it in her own words. She said, I have a, a, a clinic in Newcastle with 300 people on long-term benzodiazepine prescriptions, and I have 300 of their family members not on benzodiazepines that can serve as the control group. Why don't you take my people and you can tell me, uh, investigate the long-term effects of benzodiazepines? And Malcolm later said, hey, alcohol uh, hurts uh, the benzodiazepine receptors uh, in the brain. Uh, So does 
the GABA receptors in the brain, and uh, so do benzodiazepines probably. So my uh, studies, I think he had some brain scans showing abnormalities of his patients on long-term benzodiazepines, and he suggested, uh, as you said, uh, you know, further research into long-term harm. And these proposals by Dr. Ashton and Dr. Later, since the 1980s and 90s, totally disregarded, rejected, ignored. This is enraging. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's really, um, it's shocking to contemplate, um, you know, what suffering might have been avoided um, and lives saved if uh, the Wellcome Trust and the the British Medical Council had uh, um, listened to the warnings by Professor Lader and uh, and Professor Ashton. Um, I, I mean, it it is just unbelievable that they couldn't treat this problem as serious. Uh, um, and uh, I, the, you know, again, it draws in this possibility that people are defending positions that uh, they have been maintaining for, right. uh, uh, you know, decades. Um, uh, s- some of the people's hands may be dirty. You know, they prescribe benzodiazepines themselves, and they'd had patients. Yes. You know, people sitting on boards and all the rest of it. And uh, they had people coming in and they said, oh, no, no, it's all in your head uh, or, right. uh, you know, you're imagining this. Uh, um, I mean, people were I, no wonder some people must have committed suicide because they they found that they couldn't even get through to the doctor, you know, to, to understand um, what a horror, what a nightmare of suffering that they were going through. It is frightening. And uh, as you say, it's enraging. Yes, it Um, is. And I think, Shane, the worst thing, I'm glad you said frightening, the worst thing that I've ever seen uh, as a psychiatrist is unwitnessed, um, invalidated suffering. So the whole time you're telling us your story, you're telling us the story of a man who's misdiagnosed, uh, the doctor doesn't even know uh, that Valium could harm you. He doesn't understand why you had a seizure. Uh, you're lying in bed, scared to push the call button for fear that they load up more benzos. They, they don't understand. So you're in this all by yourself. You're becoming your own best expert because the medical community doesn't acknowledge your pain. Uh, so you're all alone in this and, and you feel like you're losing your mind. Now, we're, we're almost... Uh, out of time. We've got about uh, one minute left. Any closing thoughts? Well, um, uh, I think we've, uh, we've covered the um, the story as well as we can for the moment, um, uh, but but that is true. Um, you know, people are still looking the other way, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I wonder if the campaigners are going to have to. Um, uh, have different tactics, you know, because the, it's all been carried out in a very gentlemanly fashion uh, for, for, for the most extent. Um, uh, you know, there's the World Benzodiazepine Awareness Day every year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, some uh, events are staged for that. Um, I, I, I think more direct action may be necessary to you know, beat on the doors uh, of these people and say, "What are you at?" You know, I mean, where's your mm-hmm. head been for the last mm-hmm. fifty years? Um, uh, and and you know, for instance, um, Leo Sternbach, and I don't blame him. You know, he's a he was a scientist, but he's the man mm-hmm. who uh, um, uh, who who discovered the uh, benzodiazepines, which led to Librium and Valium. And all the rest of them. Um, uh, he, he's now in some museum. You know, there's a museum of of industry success, where he's he, he's being celebrated because of the financial reward to the makers of uh, of Valium, uh, and to the fact that uh, this drug became such so widely used and so widely uh, prescribed. I mean, that's an insult. Yes, it is. Those people who uh, have been really seriously injured and harmed, their lives ruined by, by, by these drugs. And these 
I hasten to add again and again, they, these are the patients who were prescribed the drugs by their doctors uh, and they took them as prescribed and they never had informed consent. Uh, they never knew what the, what the, the dangers um, uh, were. Uh, of taking these drugs. The other thing, uh, as a final thought, um, which I'd like to add to this, is that you know the language around which uh, these drugs, the the language around these drugs, uh, needs a bit of um, uh, review as well. Um, you know, I. I uh, I, I, it, 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 uh, to talk about people like, for instance, the, the FDA does, about people uh, forming um, a dependency, a, a physical dependency, um, what, what's actually happened to them is that they have uh, a physical damage done to their central nervous system. Yes, uh, and that is causing the myriad of all these uh, side effects that I've uh, been managing uh, to, to tell you about. There are many more. Uh, anybody who's wants to know about uh, the, the 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 symptoms, read Heather Ashton's work. They'll find mm -hmm. it all there. Mm -hmm. um, uh, uh, and um, you know, we shouldn't be using uh, campaigners shouldn't be using this kind of language either. You know, dependency, addiction, right. addiction, addiction yes. has a terrible stigma in in the public mind. You know, um, uh, I wonder if people who suffer from fibromyalgia, which is very similar to the side effects of benzodiazepines, um, have been taking uh, uh, benzodiazepines and are, are suffering side effects of benzodiazepines. Nobody yes. has done a study uh, uh, of that. It's, and I it's think egregious. It deserves it. Well, um, I can't thank you enough for coming today and telling us your story. I will never forget uh, uh, the picture in my head of the man in the hospital bed having had a seizure and afraid to push the call bell button because the doctors didn't know how to treat him or they were going to do more harm. This is a problem indeed of overprescribing, uh, of medical ignorance, uh, turning the other way. Uh, it is a useless, uh, unnecessary suffering of masses of people that is uh, caused by physician prescribing. So thank you very much for your thoughts, for your insights, and thank you again for being a heroic, strong, bold, brave voice uh, advocating for judicious prescribing and uh, standing up for all the people across uh, the, the world uh, that have been harmed by benzodiazepines. Well, thanks for your kind words, um, Patricia. Um, uh, yeah, I'm not so sure a hero is the word, uh, but survivor. Well, uh, that's heroic in my eyes. If you can survive the, the world of overprescribing and, and survive benzodiazepines, uh, you're heroic in my eyes. So thank okay. you so much, sir. Okay. Well, thank you very much for, for um, you know, talking to me about the subject. Uh, it deserves a lot of airing. My pleasure. This is Recovery, uh, A Hero's Journey, and I'm your host, Dr. Patricia Halligan. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for joining us this week. Recovery, The Hero's Journey is broadcast every Tuesday at 12 noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. As you wait for our next program, remember, you are definitely not alone.